You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. It just continues. My, oh sends it in low. Go, U.S. All right. Hello there, everybody, and welcome back to Circling Seattle Sports on Converge Media. This is middle of July, middle, middle late mm-hmm. July here as we continue on through this. I mean, the weather's been nice mostly as uh, the last few weeks or so. Uh, with that being said, the weather's been nice. The Mariners have been nice. Uh, the storm have been nice as well. Yeah. So there's a lot going on right now, and the Kraken uh, got into free agency. So last week they had draft. Free agency's taking place. MLB draft is taking place as we record today. The home run derbies later on. Julio Rodriguez, as you can kind of see in the corner here, we've got the Julio what swimming is into the All Star Julio swim team shirts from the team store. So, uh, with that being said, we'll jump right into the Seahawks. Who, it's kind of minuscule stuff going on, though. What do we got over in Seahawks? Yeah, land? nothing huge still. Um, as far as more on our guy Bobby Wagner, um, he did speak further on the Seahawks release. He said that he is happy to be home, but he made it clear that he did not want to leave the only franchise that he played for. So, again, just kind of reiterating that it wasn't his decision, but he's happy with where he went. Any final thoughts? I mean, (laughs) it's just, I mean, we talked about it when it initially happened, right? When, you know, I think he even said this a little bit ago. He was like, I didn't want to leave. Yeah. I mean, that's just doubling down. It's just a disappointing thing. Uh, I would like to know what the final reason for that was. I don't know if sure. we got a full clear cut thing. It was a, it was cap space, mm-hmm. or we just wanted to go younger, you know. But this idea that you want to still compete doesn't necessarily make sense if you just get rid of a guy like Bobby Wagner because of you know whether he's getting older or not because of what he brings leadership wise. He was going to lead the team and be at the top of the league in tackles once again had he not been injured in what game seventeen. Yeah, now so, we just have to be scared of him on the other side of the division there. Yeah, with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and Leonard Floyd and Greg Gaines, you know. So I, it's ridiculous, but yeah, it's just it's just disappointing on the franchise's end is all I'd say on that part. And that's about it for the Seahawks news here. So we'll move on to some league news. Um, the NFL is pushing to get flag football at the 2028 games in Los Angeles and for the Olympics. Um, also on the 15th, the Texans have settled 30 of Watson's claims. The team has reached a settlement with 30 women who said it enabled alleged sexual assault and misconduct by Deshaun Watson. So um, I don't think any more needs to be said on that. So we'll move on here. Looking ahead, we have July 26, Seahawks training camp. And that's about all that we have looking ahead still for our Seahawks. So we'll um, transition over to our Mariners now. Yeah, I mean, the talk of the town, really, at least uh, for their last 14 games. The four, I mean, if you're watching us now, you know they're on a 14-game win streak. That's the longest win streak heading into the All-Star break ever. They are one game away from tying their longest win streak in a season all time, which was in in 2001, of course, the year I was born. If I don't mean to age anybody, but I'm yes, going to do, do it. Um, before we get into scores, it's been incredible. I know that someone someone said uh, there was a comment we got because that that Angels loss at the end of the 11 game homestand, mm-hmm. um, the, the the day before they had the Steelheads game, uh, you were 29 and 39. You were 10 games under 500. 
it's June. It's a bad, it's a bad look, uh, especially with how competitive the division seemed because the Angels were in second place, the Astros are the Astros, um, and the AL East takes up like technically those three wild card spots or did. It looked like a bad spot, and I'm not gonna sit here and tell you, oh, I was gonna have the most optimism because things looked bad. Mm-hmm. You know, you couldn't score runners in scoring position. You were ruining a bunch of your pitchers' quality starts. I t- we sat here and said something needs to change, right? And it did. It definitely you know, did. Things have been turning around. So, you know, I guess we'll get into the scores now. Yeah. Uh, over the past week, they took a little a little road trip. A little what? Uh, I think they were on the road trip still when we last left off. Mm-hmm. Um, but they went down to Washington to play the Nationals for a weird, bizarre little two-game set. And then the Rangers for a four-game set. So that two-game set against the Nationals started on July 12th with a 6-4 to win. Third of the game, third baseman Eugenio Suarez with one hit, one run, and three RBIs on the day. So Gino making an account there in that game one against the Nationals. Um, I, I was I apologize because the 12th game was actually thundered out. Both of these were on yeah. the 13th. This was a doubleheader game. So game one of the day was a 6-4 to win. My apologies on that. Game two of the day against the Nationals with a two to one win to get the little two game sweep. As you can see, we've got our broom graphic up there. <laughs> Player of the game left fielder Jesse Winker, one hit, one run, one RBI. So Winker gets the day started with a solo homer. He had two homers on the day, so two homers um, in that double header there, uh, coming fresh off of his suspension uh, from that that brawl down in Los Angeles. So get the little sweep against the Nationals again. Uh, you know, two games, it's fine. Two games are bizarre, kind of tough because. They were going to play that second game as the day game on the 13th and then travel down to Texas, but they had to fit both games in there. You get into Texas later. Regardless, they go down to the Rangers, and as you can see, and as you already know, you see the sweep graphic, they would go down and take the four-game set, starting on the 14th against the Rangers, a 6-5 to five win, so it was close. Uh, got two players a game for this one. Uh, first one, first baseman Ty France with two hits, two RBIs, the go-ahead two RBI base hit. Play of the game number two, third baseman A. Eugenio Suarez, with a hit, two RBIs, two walks, and two total bases. Uh, so corner infielders there getting on base and you know really helping clog the base pass. On the 15th, an 8-3 to three win. A little bit more comfort, mm, yeah. right? Uh, play of the game, Julio Rodriguez. I mean, his name's going to be around here. Uh, he had two hits, one run, five RBIs on the day, thanks to the Mariners' first Grand Slam of the year. Who else but Julio? I mean, to hit that first one of the year with how often we've had the bases loaded. Yep. Uh, this game was four to three going into the later parts of the game. And I was following along and I just because I, I was in Chicago over the past week and I just mm-hmm. see the bases loaded and I see in play run and just see Grand Slam. And it's just this guy. I mean, we talked about it last week, but the star continues to grow and grow and grow. Um and we'll get into that in a minute because uh, we have got more Julio news. Of course. But on the 16th, game three, to take the series, the Mariners would win that one narrowly in 10 innings, three to two. Put of the game shortstop, J.P. Crawford, with two hits, an RBI, and the go-ahead RBI single in the 10th inning. Um, and then the 17th to complete the sweep and give this team their 14th win in a row. Play of the game, first baseman Ty France, who earlier in the day had been named an all-star, and we'll get to that. When we get to team-related news, but Ty had two hits, a run, and two RBIs, including a two-run homer to really open things up, uh, a blast that went to the second deck. So before we get to Players of the Week, team news, injury news, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, this is – obviously, you're going to lose some games eventually, right? But, you know, with what you've had available and kind of what we've seen with the writing on the wall, with 
having a bunch of guys on base and just not scoring them. And all of the quality starts from your pitching rotation and how good the bullpen has been as of late. You know, you were just you were missing some things. You needed to tweak some things. And they've been working as of late. You know, Ty, Ty is getting back to his form after being injured. Julio's Julio. I don't need to go into that <laughs> further. Suarez has been playing on a pretty solid tear for yeah. a while. Adam Frazier has been playing better as of late after a, a while. It seemed like he might be a guy you might need to ship off at the trade deadline. Uh, Jesse Winker's back. Sam Haggerty and Dylan Moore, guys who are well. normally utility guys, are providing great starts for you. Things are clicking right now. How long they're going to take this, I don't know, and I don't care. You've pushed yourself into firmly in second of the division. You're in the second wild card spot. I would, I would say you got to keep that wild card spot, obviously. But considering that you're nine games behind the Astros right now, uh, and the Astros before they come to play us on Friday, they on Thursday they have a, a doubleheader against the Yankees. Oh, so that's going to bang up their pitching rotation. Yeah, I, you'd think, right? Logically. Crazier things have happened. Um, so that starts you out well. But you've got seven games left against the Astros before the trade deadline um, in August. And those are seven. You're nine games back. You've got seven games against that team that you're looking at. If you're able to take care of the, uh, the business, you're not worried about the wild card anymore. You take the division. That's crazy. So that that's, that's looking ahead. That is looking ahead. <laughs> I, I'm not, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Um, but that's just putting into perspective where this team has played itself into after being 10 games under 500 and we're all sitting here like I'm not going to swear but damn you know we're in a dark hole right now I mean uh, what was it that you recently said just just win games just win series just and win look series. where we're sitting now at a 14 game win streak four what, series straight series is it total? a straight series in oh total? yeah it was okay. seven it might be eight now with the Rangers one but yeah I mean again eventually this streak will end and that'll whatever cry about it but as long as you like for the four game set the three game set as long as you take two or three of those you're in good shape yeah and you continue to build and what i talked about with the al east right because it's like boston tampa bay um boston tampa bay and the blue jays were all kind of the ones hanging out in those three wild card spots they're all in their own division they have to play each other again and again and again and again so eventually someone's going to get knocked down some pace mm -hmm. you know um so don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but it's been an <laughs> incredible run to this point in time. The, the city's excited about it. You know, it, there's been great buzz. Uh, I mean, 14 in a row, you're getting attention from the national media, which doesn't already, you know, doesn't yeah. happen already. So, I mean, you just have to continue things going because people are, my thing is, and I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but we're in July, right? We're in the 18th of July as it sits right now. The home run derbies today, all-star break until uh, Thursday. Um, you still have to play August and September and early October to lock that up. Because I know, like, when when that says clinched, clinched playoffs, sure, you we can celebrate. We can all have a great thing. I don't care how far they go. They made it for the first time since I was, like, three months old. But, what? It, what, what okay, I'll, I'll age people. I apologize. <laughs> But it's, I think, back to a, someone you, someone a lot of people looked up to, Kobe Bryant. Job's not finished. It's not. It's not finished. It's not going to be until that World so Series. So when goes. that, well, we're working on that. <laughs> but when the big video screen says playoffs clinched, you know, and you then think that's I can when sit the job's down. finished? For this year, yeah, because you're okay. not supposed to make World Series this year. 
you're supposed to win the division, go to playoffs this year. So then getting baby ahead steps, of ourselves, steps, as you steps. said, from the national media, baby the steps. teams that went on a 10-game win streak prior to the All-Star break went on to win the World Series. Two teams. So that might be getting if, ahead if of ourselves. Somehow, but those are some good if statistics. If that comes to fruition, we'll make a bet. And I'll do something crazy. But I, I'm mullet. not worried about that. The, the Suarez mullet? The, the, I would have to get hair to do that, <laughs> though. I don't, you know. So, um, but no, that's it's it's great run right now. But before we said, oh, playoffs this. October playoff finally done. We're in July. So it's it's great. Got Keep it up. You, you We're looking at the trade deadline. I think we'll look at that here next week. But you have to add a fifth starter because George Kirby's not with the club right now. And yep. you want to manage his minutes. And unless... You know, I mean, Frazier's been playing better, and that's a good segue here. But do you want to add a second baseman if that pops up? So go ahead and segue. That's golden segue uh, as we get to players of the week here. Uh, Bell's choice, again, made sense. But in the sense of being different, I went with Adam Frazier over the past seven days. 22 plate appearances, 10 hits, five runs, a double, a homer. Yes, a homer from Adam Frazier. I know that's a little bizarre. Three <laughs> RBIs, 14 total bases, a walk, a stolen base. A 455 batting average over the past seven days, a 458 on base percentage, three, uh, 636 slugging to create a 1.095 OPS. Um, I know that there were parts throughout the year uh, where Adam Frazier he had, he had a good stretch and it was mostly at home. But for, I'd say, the majority of the season, he hasn't been great. He had a slow start for sure. He had a slow start. And well, and then before the stretch, he was bad. He was yeah. bad. It was like, all right, you're going to start Haggerty or Dylan Moore over him at that point. And to his credit, he's been playing better recently. So does that say, hey, you don't need to go and acquire a second baseman? You don't need to ship me off. I mean, it's not like the end of the world for him because he's a free agent at the end of the year. Um, but it, it, at the end of the day, as long as you've got your guys playing, at, it'll be average. I don't need you to be great. I don't need. Adam Frazier to play like Ty France, just be average, you know, just be, don't be a, like a guy that I can look at in the lineup and say, that's going to be an out. Yeah. You know, don't be an automatic. We don't out. want that. So uh, he's been playing better and I got to give him his credit for that in the sense of being different, but your choice, considering what uh, was finally given to him finally yesterday makes a ton of sense. So, yeah, as you said, giving a guy his credit, I went with Ty France as my pick of the week. Um, he has had 24 plate appearances, eight hits, three runs, three doubles, one homer, four RBI, 14 total bases, a 333 batting average, a 333 on base percentage, and a 583 slugging percentage for a 917 on base plus slugging. And like you said, giving the guy his credit, um, initially snubbed, I will say, of the from the All-Star game, and he was finally given the All-Star appearance. So, of course, I had to give Ty France his flowers this week. <laughs> I mean, it makes total sense. And it was just ridiculous that it came so late. Um, a buddy of mine was saying, hey, you know, with how late it came, are you just insulted by it? Are you saying, hey, you know, um, is it, you know, why was I not an all star a week ago? Yeah. And now I am this week, you know, because Mike Trout bowed out. So, you know, um, this is a well deserved thing. Yeah. I, I could have argued almost last year, it could have been an all star. I should have won a gold glove last year. Um, he should have been the starter, you know, statistically. If we're going off of stats, right, which is a lot of what yes. these things are based off of, should have been the starter. And to see him continually get 
uh, picked over from all of the you know replacement players before this it was ridiculous. So to see it sucks that how it came, but at the end of the someone made a great point I think on the broadcast that at the end of the year, like when you look back on this year in history, you won't see how long it took for him. You see, you see Ty France All Star. Yeah, all you'll see. So uh, yeah, frustrating for sure that it came that way, but it's it's it took place. So we head to injury news. Luckily, nobody getting hurt. You know, we got our break coming up here, but we do have some updates on uh, Kyle Lewis and Mitch Haniger. Uh, as of recent, on the 16th, we found out that Kyle Lewis has responded well from his stints in the outfield on his rehab assignments in Everett. Well, he didn't play in the outfield in Everett, he played in the outfield in Tacoma. Uh, the hope is that he will join the club after the All-Star break, so we could see him this upcoming homestand. Don't get it's exciting. our hopes up too much, but, you know, I love Kyle Lewis. <laughs> Uh, Mitch Hanniger is not ready for his rehab assignment yet. He's been doing more strenuous baseball activity, but he's not at that current point yet. And it's said that when he does get to that point, it will take a little bit for him to um, be ready to join the big league club. So we'll see on that. But that is an update for you on those two outfielders there. Uh, we had the team-related news, as you've kind of as we already said. But on the 13th, we found out that Julio uh, announced that he would take part in the home run derby. Which is today at four, uh, part four, five, five o'clock, uh, five o'clock Pacific time on ESPN. Normally, I don't watch the home run derby, <laughs> but Julio's in it, so it kind of got. To... You did get a comment on Twitter about that, by the way. Yeah, but that's the most Normally, exciting I'll, segment. I'll, like tune in. Uh, yeah, I don't watch the celebrity softball game, <laughs> the futures game. You know, with Julio was in it last year, so I mean, All Star weekends are usually tough because it's like so much like watered down kind of thing. Yeah. But, Obviously, with a guy as entertaining and as exciting as Julio, it's gonna be you know we're I'm gonna tune into it. It's gonna be on even the All Star game. No matter, I mean, he's starting. Ty France will be in it, so we'll see how our guys do. Yeah. Um, in terms of roster related moves, there's only one. It was like a corresponding move on back to back days. Mm-hmm. On the fifteenth, uh, Kevin Padlow, an infielder, was recalled from Triple A Tacoma. As a resulting move, Carlos Santana, an infielder, was placed on restricted list. For a family emergency, that family emergency was actually that his house in Florida was struck by lightning. Um, no way. And I think it burned down. So hoping that nothing too bad happened there. Obviously, Carlos is back with the club as on the next day, Carlos came back to the big league club. Kevin Padlow was sent down to Tacoma. So Kevin had a little one-day stint. Yeah. But at least I guess it wasn't anything family like no, nobody emergency. Got hurt. Well, I yeah. guess that's still an emergency, but yeah. But I, I was like, <laughs> I hope nobody got, you know, physically. Yeah. But uh, that was really only roster move that we had over the past week on the 17th. As we've already mentioned, Ty France was officially named to the MLB all-star game, replacing Mike Trout. So Ty gets his first all-star nod. Uh, I mean, what, what more can you say about Ty France? This is a guy that I remember doing the podcast episode when circling saddle sports was just the podcast. And, you know, we looked at this trade with the Padres where Seattle got four guys and sent three guys down. And you got, what, Ty France, Andres Munoz, who's playing better, Taylor Trammell, and Luis Terenz. And I, I looked at Ty France and I said, this is a guy that's hit at every level. And nobody seemed to care. And you thought, oh, maybe he'll play at third base because Evan White had just won a gold glove in 2020. And in 2021, Ty France just kept playing better and better and better. Um, and it's really cool. You know, I'm... It's really cool to see that this is a guy that can is you know, I was born in two thousand one, so I didn't necessarily Again. get to see Edgar 
Edgar Martinez play as much as I would have liked. So in terms of what I've seen from the Mariners, and even Ichiro, I didn't get to see him play as much as I would have liked that I remember. Right, Ty France is the most pure hitter I've seen in years from this Mariners team. Just if you look at his spray chart, if you look at just how he approaches, how I mean, his strikeouts lately have been up because he's coming back from his injury. Yeah. But he's just a pure, pure hitter. And he's great defensively as well. So it's not like he's just a one it's not a one trick pony. It's just it's ridiculous. He didn't it wasn't in the starter anyway. Um so that's what we have in terms of current players, at least. Um, with that being said, the MLB draft uh started yesterday and is still taking place as we speak. Um, I don't believe we've missed any picks, but if we do, we'll obviously have them for you next week. Um in the with the first round in the 21st overall pick, the Mariners selected shortstop Cole Young from North Allegheny High School. Uh, Cole was ranked as the number 20 overall prospect by baseball uh, MLB. He was one of the best high school hitters in the country who can play in the middle of the diamond. Um, and I will, uh, Bill and I were talking about this with the draft because not that many people pay attention yeah. to the MLB draft. You, you, you saw, I mean, Cole Young's from a high school. So uh, who knows when we'll see him, you know, actually wearing this hat. Um, if ever. Yeah, if ever. Exactly. Some guys don't necessarily pan out. Uh, but, I mean, it's I've heard only good things from some of these guys. And maybe they help you in a trade someday. And I don't like to say it like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, the, the truth is not everybody ends up with a big league club they're drafted to. You know, Mitch Hanniger was drafted by the Brewers. He ended up with the Diamondbacks, and then we traded for him. You know, uh, David Ortiz was in the Mariners farm system at one point. Everybody knows who David Ortiz is mm-hmm. in baseball, and he just never saw the big league club. You know, so some guys it just doesn't pan out in that system. Maybe they need to change the scenery, right? So uh, I would say, you know, don't count on these guys to be in the big league club by, like, September. You know, that's being dramatic. But uh, so with the 58th overall pick, the team selected third baseman Tyler Locklear from VCU University. Well, VCU University, Virginia Commonwealth <laughs> University. Uh, he's an, another infielder there on the 74th overall pick. The team selected right handed pitcher Walter Ford out of Pace High School. Uh, Ford is an athletic pitcher with a power fastball and a swing and miss slider today. So those were yesterday. Uh, today, with the 126th overall pick, the team selected right-handed pitcher Ashton Izzy from Oswego East High School. Uh, so more pitchers. I mean, you see there, I mean, the first two guys were infielders, but then pitcher, pitcher, and then pitcher with the 156th overall pick, the team selected Reed Van Scotter out of Coastal Carolina University. Uh, I mean, if you look at the Mariners and drafts in recent years, uh, you know, what Hancock, Kirby, uh, Gilbert, you know, those are guys that, the Mariners seem to do a good job mm-hmm. with the pitching department, and I'm hoping that guys like this can continue to be that trend. But again, like we just talked about, they, they've got a whole career ahead of them. Some of these guys might not even sign with the Mariners and might elect to do something else. So that is your uh, team-related news. As we look over to league-related news, on the 15th, baseball settled a minor league lawsuit. Uh, Major League Baseball will pay $158 million 185, pardon me, million dollars to settle a federal class action lawsuit by minor league players. If you weren't aware, I think we talked about it months ago. Did we? But there were talks about how minor league players were like sleeping in the clubhouse, sleeping in their own cars, all like sharing like five guys in a room because they weren't being treated right by certain organizations. Mm. Mainly like the Angels organization came up 
pretty big in regards to how they treat their uh, their minor league players. So interesting to see that that lawsuit got taken care of. And then this was a big piece of news. I don't know if you followed this. Uh, stadium workers will not strike the All-Star game. The union representing the Dodger Stadium concession employees cited substantial progress in contract negotiations. If you weren't aware, the concessions uh, workers at Dodger Stadium were going to strike the All-Star game, yeah. which is, would have been a big deal. Um, but seems like enough progress has been made, so hope that all gets itself worked out. And then on the 16th, I want you to fathom the amount of money. Oh, I tried when I first saw uh, this. <laughs> Juan Soto reportedly turned down a whopping $440 million offer to stay with the Nationals, and the club will now consider trading the all-star outfielder. Uh, Juan Soto is 23. But they were trying to lock him in for years, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if you're in a word, the Nationals aren't in the best shape yeah. right now they traded away a bunch of their farm system to try and win now they won a world series a few years ago um so with that being said the idea of trading for juan soto has been floating around and if you follow us on our socials i posted about it this morning uh if if you're the nationals you know who herschel walker is right the big mm -hmm. trade that took place and basically like entire city got traded for him that's what it's going to take, what it sounds like. You know, will it end mm -hmm. up that way? Who knows? It's the equivalent of $440 million, right? Yeah. <laughs> so with that being said, I've seen some contingent of the Mariners fan base want this trade to happen. Mm. Larry Stone of the Times put out a, a trade proposal that said uh, Jared Kelnick, Emerson Hancock, uh, excuse me, Noel V. Marte, who those are like your three top guys prospect-wise. I know Kelnick spent time with the big league clubs. So I don't think he counts necessarily. I'm not entirely sure. But those three guys, plus Harry Ford or Edwin Arroyo, who are guys that were picked last year and are already doing really well in uh, Modesto, which is, uh, uh, you know, I say triple A. They're just A-level ball. Yeah. So four of those guys at minimum. So you're gutting like four or you know, four of your top guys in your farm system for one guy who you don't know will sign here. You don't know that. You don't know he'll sign an extension and be in Seattle for, uh, let's throw it five years, right? Let's say five years just for meeting. Um, and then, you know, because you've only got him under club control through 2024 because he could be out then. So you trade out all of your farm, you know, four guys who could have, could, right? This is all, this is all very hypothetical. Yeah. Um, four guys as opposed to one who could have an impact on your future. I just, and that's at minimum, you know, I know. Big no. I don't want it to happen. I don't want to trade all those guys. Again, people have said it could be less. I doubt that. I figure if you're the Nationals, you're kind of holding him yeah. hostage oh, yeah. at this point. I think it's ridiculous. I don't know why you would get rid of the, the, the math isn't mathing for me. It doesn't make sense to do it. I don't want to do it. You've got, you've already got in the outfield, you've got Jesse Winker, Julio Rodriguez, Mitch Hanniger, Kyle Lewis, Tilla Trammell is there, you know, Jared. And then Jared Kelnick's in AAA right now. Mm -hmm. You can do the math, right? You can see my fingers. That There's nice. a log jam. So you'd have to get rid of somebody. You'd have to move people. You'd risk it. Overall, don't like it. Do you have anything on it? Who did you say was the one that report, reported with the potential trade? Larry Stone from the Times, but he's been covering uh, at least the marriage for a decent amount of time. But he, he yeah, I just, uh, people are like, oh, go ahead, do it. Like, You've worked really hard to build a good farm system. That's where Julio Rodriguez came from. 
I know that it was Shohei Otani at least, right? Yeah. The mer- the money to sign Julio Rodriguez from uh, 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 to sign Julio um, to the club came from not getting Shohei Otani. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the same with Olvi Marte. Things happen for a reason, and you've got you've seen how big Julio is. Noel is supposed to be really big, and he's an infield prospect. Jared Kelnick has been tearing it up in AAA right now. He has yeah. his finest consistency, be better about his strikeouts, which he has been doing. Emerson Hancock is another guy in your pitching line. Gilbert, uh, Kirby, you know, he's the next guy. And then you want to get rid of those guys? Yeah. I, for Again, it's not guaranteed he's going to stay here. It's like, oh, I love Seattle. Give him a big, like, space well, needle clutchy. You don't gonna, know yeah. that. You know, it's, it's no. I think there's too much to risk with all of the unknowns. So, yeah. So, we've been talking about the Mariners for a long time. So, <laughs> that brings us to our team record and standings. The Mariners sit at a 51 and 42 record. Uh, they are second in the American League West, second wild card spot in the playoffs right now. Looking ahead, as you can see, that's a nice shiny All Star Game logo. Oh, yes. So, the All Star Game is today through the 21st. Today is the Home Run Derby, which Julio Rodriguez is participating in at 5 o'clock Pacific time on ESPN. And then the 19th, the All Star Game takes place. Uh, Julio and Ty France will be participating in that. Then the guys get a couple of days of break. Um, back at it Friday. The rest of the guys are already on break. But yes, Julio and Ty get like two <laughs> Yeah, not enough. And then I guess, as Belle just said there with her little whisper, uh, they're <laughs> back for a pretty substantially sized three-game set against the Astros. Uh, July 22nd versus the Astros is a 7-10 start. That game is essentially already sold out. So if you want to be there, the Mariners will be holding their first fireworks and drone night. Oh. They will show a uh, the All-Star Game logo for next year off at that game. It's already almost sold out, and the team's coming in having won 14 games in a row. So that game is big, but the rest of that homestand is hence homestand is big because what did you talk about earlier? Winning series in the series. Yeah, Julio they're said close. they're at 14 and still hungry, so be there for number 15. <laughs> so with that being said, our teams that are doing well right now are back to back. So with that being said, Bell has us with the Storm, who have won what six of the last seven. They have, yeah. So on the twelfth, the Storm faced the Dallas wing, Wings. That was a win, eighty-three to seventy-four. Our player of the game for that game was Brianna Stewart, of course, who actually mid-season was unanimous vote for MVP. But we'll get into that. Um, so. Brianna Stewart, 19.7 rebounds, three assists. Our second player of the game was Ezzy Magbagor with 13 points, eight rebounds, and one assist. And I'll just say that it's great to see Ezzy still producing and not feel the pressure of um, Tina Charles joining the team. And she's still remaining consistent. So that's great for her. On the 17th, they played the Indiana Fever. That was also a win, 81 to 65. This is the second time that they beat the Fever. And I believe it was a few weeks, a couple weeks. Um, player of the game again was Brianna Stewart with 25 points, eight rebounds, three assists, and a plus 24 when she was on the court. Um, we moved over to the injury news for both of those games. Out still is uh, Mercedes Russell with that non-basketball injury. Um, we haven't really gotten word on whether she's progressing or what her status is. So did, you not, did they not say they, anything? They did not mention wow. it, no. So, I mean, Coach Quinn does a really good job of only sharing 
the information that she can. <laughs> so nothing still on Mercedes Russell. So we'll move on to some team notes here on the 17th against the fever. Sue Bird moved into third place in WNBA history for steals. Um, she co- collected two that night and has 711 for her career. Um, as I mentioned as well, Brianna Stewart, midway through the season, unanimous vote for MVP. She's averaging, I believe, 21 points per game. Yeah, I feel like it's rare that we see her score under 25. I mean, she did here against the Wings, but that consistency is crazy. Well, and then something else, I mean, you you mentioned that. Obviously, she leads the league in that. But um, something else that I looked at was efficiency. And she, I think she was second in the league in efficiency. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, we've talked about it before. A healthy Stewie means a storm playoff run. So, yeah, obviously have to continue that. But that's why we were freaking out so much in the offseason. It's like, okay, Stewie, are you going to sign or not? <laughs> so, obviously, that's still got to be determined in the offseason because of the CBA and playing overseas yeah. and yeah. all that. But I, I don't have any words. I don't need to explain Brianna Stewart to anybody. Yeah, we're just enjoying the ride. And, of course, it's so amazing to be there whenever we get the chance to on Sue Bird's final season. So, that brings us to uh, their record in standings. They're currently 17 and 8. They're second in the Western Conference, one game behind the Las Vegas Aces for first. And Commissioner's Cup. It's over. Ended yesterday. Did it? Yeah. Who won that? Uh, I think the Aces did. I didn't check. I wasn't. <laughs> I can it wasn't check. us, so it's okay. Yeah, no, so that's over for the year. Okay. I didn't actually even remember getting an update on that. So while we look that up, um, looking ahead, we have a July 20th matchup at Chicago against the Sky, who are currently ranked as number one in the WNBA. So that'll be a tough matchup there. That's a 9 a.m. game on the 27th, sorry, 22nd at Phoenix Mercury. That's a 7 p.m. And then on the 24th, back home versus Atlanta Dream. And that'll be a good rematch as... That is the last team that our storm lost to. So, yeah, hopefully they pull that one off. And that's at 3 p.m. Commissioner's Cup? No. no? Oh, Commissioner's Cup. Sorry. <laughs> I lied to you. I thought it was this past Sunday. It's the 26th. So it's the Sky and the Aces. Okay. And that's, uh, so that's a big matchup. Yeah. It's a big matchup. But, uh, you know, obviously our storm weren't able to defend their Commissioner's Cup title, but. I think there's another title they're focused on. Oh, yeah. Agreed. But yes, so that's on the 26th. My apologies. Next Tuesday. Okay. And that about wraps up our WNBA section. So we'll move on to our Sounders. (laughs) Yeah, things, you know, I got a comment when, you know, there was the the Sounders have kind of been touch and go since they won CCL. They were trying to find their footing and then they found their footing. They were rolling um, and now they're back in the knot. And the nice gentleman said, oh, They've been rolling. Uh, they're good now. No, they have lost their last two, uh, last three matches. Uh, pardon me. You know that last week that atrocious loss to Portland, yes. which any loss to Portland is atrocious. Yes. But July thirteenth at Nashville, so the first of a two-game road trip, the Sounders would lose that game one to nothing uh, after a quick halftime goal, a, game, a goal right after halftime by Honey Mukhtar. Uh, so no play of the game, obviously, because he got shut out. And then July sixteenth at Chicago, which I was at. Uh, it was another one and nothing loss. And again, you got shut out and no play of the game there. The issue is with the Sounders and why I'm not like raising the red panic button is because of the fact that the Sounders do this every year. Whether it's the beginning of the season, they suck. 
or midseason they suck in the summer. They just do it. In 2019, I believe it was, uh, yeah, the, the last time they won MLS Cup, in the middle, the middle of the year, they sucked. The first time they won uh, MLS Cup, in the middle of the year, they sucked. And they were like, oh, the turnover, they need to, they need to gut it. Things were bad. And then they won the whole freaking thing. You know, so I am not worried necessarily. It's part of their trend. It's just it's it's a long season. It yeah. starts in like it started this year in the end of February, and it's going to run to like October at minimum because of regular season. I'm not worried about it. You know, uh, is it disappointing? Yes. You know, you you lost Shao Paulo, who was an MVP front runner last year, and he's a big part of your midfield. And if you know soccer, midfield is really big, um, and a lot of things are run through the midfield. And Nico Ladero, who's normally kind of your engine in there, has not necessarily been his best. Mm. Um, Raul Ruiz Diaz, your all-world striker, has been out. Uh, your back line has looked poor the last few games, and not your defense last year was like the best defense ranked in the MLS. They've, case. they've struggled here a little bit. Um, so you know, am I worried? No, because I know that the, the the talent and the experience and the group that this is and what they're able to accomplish. But it's 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 one of those things where it's like you're better than this, you know. This is not good. These are games you should be picking up. These are points you should be picking up and not leaving on the floor. Um, so I'm not worried. It's I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. It's kind of what it is right now. <laughs> when so, do we worry? Uh, when do we worry? Let's see. Um, if I'd say if you're a few spots out of the because right now you're one point out of the playoffs. So okay. even a draw would have kept you, I think, tied you for one of the spots. Or they would have, you would have somehow, you know. So if you would have got a win, you'd be in the playoff spot right now. But if we mm-hmm. get to, I'd say mid-September and you're okay. a few spots back. Know. And it's like, hey, you know, these were games like right now. Well, if we're in mid-September, you look back now, you know, these are games you can't drop. And you were dropping them. And these, you know, these are matches that count. I would say then. But right now, I mean, you've still got time. You've kept yourself in it to an extent where you're within striking distance. So I'm not, I would not consider it the end of the world. I'm not well, freaking out about it. So um, don't freak out yet, guys. They I, could still suck for a little longer. <laughs> oh, no, we suck again. Um, no injury news, thankfully. Uh, just Raul Roy Diaz will be out for a little bit still. Stephen, Stephen Fry was out the last two matches. Uh, with COVID, mm, that's so good, that's man. why he wasn't there. I know people are like, why is Steph Cleveland in? I mean, Steph Cleveland's a good goalkeeper, but you normally think of Stephon Fry. Mm-hmm. As we looked at team-related notes on the 12th, both Raul Ruiz Diaz and Jordan Morris were named to the 2022 MLS All-Star team, so that's very nice to see. You see there Raul, and then we go to Jordan here. And then uh, a little bit of a smaller note. On the 13th, the team is rumored to not be looking to move Defender Nuhu this window. Uh, both sides believe that it is best until the World Cup takes place to look at something like that. If you don't know why we're talking about that, Nuhu has had great growth. Even in the like the Nashville match, he was probably the Sounders' best player. He was doing most of the attack. And uh, if you follow soccer in the world of you know football globally, uh, I believe it was during some of the World Cup qualifiers months ago where he locked down Mo Salah. Mo Salah is incredible. And people were like, hey, who is this guy locking him down? And it got Nuhu on some national stage. And people saw that, and he'll probably move on at some point. So that probably won't be until after the season. So 
With that being said, the Sounders sit in an eight win, 10 loss, two draw record. They are ninth in the Western Conference at this current point in time. In time, pardon me, seven teams in the West in each conference, pardon me, make the playoffs. So just let you know where we're at. Uh, looking ahead, their next match is July 23rd, Saturday versus the Colorado Rapids. That is a 7 p.m. Pacific time start. And again, this is a team that Colorado's in your conference and could fight you for points. So you have to take care of business and can't mess around. So with that being said, again, last week it was busy. The weeks before we had nothing. We're in busy cracking times now uh, with free agency beginning and still taking place currently. But things have really calmed down since the first day. So, uh, Belle, let's run through what we got. Yeah, and stop me whenever you would like to uh, touch point on some of these guys here because this is a hefty list. On the 11th, the team re-signed Carson Coleman to a one-year deal. That was an 825000 average annual value. 26-year-old appeared in 25 games last season for Seattle. On the 12th, the team re-signs Alexander True to a one-year deal, a 750k average annual value, two-way deal. On the 13th, free agency opens, and this is where we have our most action here. Um, the team signed Martin Jones on a nine-year nine-year career, mostly with San Jose Sharks. Career save percentage of 907. 35 games played last season, 12 to 18 record, a 900 save percentage. Won Stanley Cup with the Sharks in the 24 in 2014. A one-year, two million average annual value. Uh, so Martin Jones is an interesting pickup. I know that when we posted about it, it got mixed reactions because Martin Jones mm -hmm. is a guy that, um, I mean, you saw he won, he won the cup with the Sharks in 14. Uh, just since then, he's not replicated that sort of success uh, with the Flyers. Uh, like a buddy of mine said, RJ, RJ Escanos with Emerald City Hockey. If you're looking for a great crack and a great account that covers solely uh Kraken. the crack in here emerald city hockey they do a great job obviously we do the best at covering all of the sports in the city <laughs> but if we're looking at individual specifics emerald city hockey they do a great job they're just like us they continue to work so um he said that he'll make some great saves that he should make but he also makes some mistakes so uh with chris drieger tearing his acl that we looked at a few weeks ago um this is kind of like okay we're gonna need a guy for the next few months the first few months of the season while chris heals up that's where Martin Jones comes in, uh, but he's he's. I wouldn't want him to be your day one starter. Okay, so the one where, year makes sense then. Yes, yes. So that's that's my piece on Martin Jones. Okay, moving on here, the team has also signed Justin Schultz. He had twenty three points in seventy four games last season. Has played with Edmonton, Pittsburgh, and Washington. He's a ten year veteran, two time Stanley Cup winner, both with Pittsburgh. That's years 2016 and 2017 and he was signed to a two-year three million average annual value uh so schultz here i know a lot of people even before the season ended were looking at uh dallas stars defenseman john klingberg for free agency klingberg uh, a few years ago he, he was regarded as one of the top defenders the top defenseman in the league and the last i was even on this i was like oh go out and sign him if the term makes sense from what i understand klingberg is going to command like several years that you don't want to lock yourself into contract wise. Right. And the money, it just wouldn't make sense that way. Like contract wise. Mm -hmm. Right. And then on the other side of it, in terms of uh, like the player himself, he's gone down like production wise, quality wise, the last two years. Sure. So he's hit his, he's already hit his peak and he's on his way down and he's going to command more money. 
doesn't, you know, you don't want to sign a guy like that. Yeah. So I think that's kind of what Justin Schultz is the stopgap for in that regard. Obviously, it's a two-year deal. He's a veteran, 23 points in 74 games last year. So he's able to be a guy that can help some offensively, might help on the power play. Um, God, that's so cool to say. I miss hockey. I'm excited to get back <laughs> to that. I get talking about power plays and stuff like that. But uh, so it, some people might have questions about Klingberg. That's kind of what I'm thinking is that the team didn't want to box themselves in with that kind of contract and instead went for a cheaper decision, but still a veteran value. And it's, it's, it's almost like bargain bin shopping, but it's not the worst thing in the world. So right. I think that sort of veteran veteran presence will certainly help there. Moving on here, the team signed Andrew Petrolsky. Yeah, I'm not totally <laughs> honest. Nobody attacked Bell for that because I don't entirely know for sure what it is. And even my buddy RJ didn't know for sure what it was. So I don't get on people about pronunciations. If we get it wrong, we'll correct it. All right. But he has had four career NHL games played, two games played with Carolina last season, two points, two-time Calder Cup winner, 2019 and 2022, an AHL All-Star team in 2022, and... He was signed to a two-year, seven hundred sixty-two point five thousand average annual value. That one's a bigger contract. <laughs> Actually, those were three million. Sorry, yeah, I was like, wait a minute, no, those were millions. Thousands, not millions. Yeah. Anything to say on him? No. Nope. I mean, he's he's a guy that I mean, you saw four career NHL games played. He's been a lot in the AHL, which is like right below us. Um, he just, from what GM Ron Francis was telling the media, was that. He just hasn't got it in a chance necessarily and just maybe needed a new, new change of scenery. scenery yeah. Um, so we'll see how that goes. This is what, another defenseman? Um, no, he's a forward. He's so a maybe forward. he'll crack one of those top four lines. Uh, maybe he'll end up in Coachella Valley with the Firebirds and continue. Maybe he'll get a shot called up. Yeah. But that's what basically what I was hearing from Francis is that he was a guy that just hasn't gotten a shot yet. Okay. Um, moving on here. The team also signed forward Andre Brook. Burakovsky to a two time he's a two-time Stanley Cup champion for the years 18 and 2022. Um, he's an eight-year eight-year career spent with Washington and Colorado, 61 points last season with the Avalanche as they won the Stanley Cup. Um, his contract is five years for 5.5 million average annual value. So as you can see, this is kind of the big guy, mm -hmm. you know, leading into free agency and even throughout the season, the Kraken were expected to be. Uh, aggressive in free agency go after a big guy and go they want to be uh, competitive this year is what yeah. i've been told even with even with the draft that we looked at last this last week right i mean a lot of talent you drafted all of those guys you used all your picks i think you made a trade for two more picks right so you, you weren't going to use any of those picks as currency it seems maybe you do, do trade one of those guys still but i don't know but burkovsky is a guy that what Francis was saying, he was a guy that's creative with the puck. He can score. And even with Burakovsky, I know we just talked about Petrolsky. Mm -hmm. um, they're saying that with this change of scenery, they think he can produce more offensively, okay. which is, I mean, 61 points is no, nothing to spit no. at. And to be part of the Colorado attack, I don't know how much you might have paid attention to the, the NHL playoffs. playoffs, but the, the Avalanche essentially just rolled their way through. I mean, the Kraken did beat them at the end of the season. Um, <laughs> I mean, they had some guys banged up. Landeskog was injured among amongst a few others. But to be a part of that organization, a guy that, you know, I mean, won the Cup in 2018 with the Capitals, um, I think this is a good signing. And he got him on a good term. Five years isn't the worst thing. And 5.5 is lower than he was projected to do. So 
that was a good signing. I like that signing. That was good for the Kraken. That adds some another guy to their top lines. Um, and there's another guy that can score the puck. That was something that amongst their several issues they had throughout the year, <laughs> they needed more guys to be able to score the puck. And that's what guy he right provides. There. So that's okay. Burakovsky. Big smile. Good Welcome signing. to Seattle. <laughs> Uh, moving on here, the team has also signed forward Jesper Froden for a one-year two-way deal, 750k average annual value. I'll say with these guys that you're about to look at here, yes, a lot of them outside of Winterton and Melanson, and then Shane Wright, a lot of them are guys that are more than likely going to end up with the, the Firebirds because uh, I'm not sure if you saw it, but because we didn't have the Firebirds last year, they didn't have mm -hmm. their own NH AHL team. They were sharing one with the Hurricanes. Right. Uh, no, Florida Panthers, my apologies. Um, so they were sharing that team. And so you've got half of those that team's prospects. So now you've got a full team and only had technically half a roster. So okay. now you're going to see these guys that you're going to look at are going to be helping fill that, fill the cupboard there. Got it. Um, the team also signed Magnus Helberg to a one-year deal, 750K average annual value. Brogan Rafferty to a one-year two-way deal, 750K average annual value. Austin Pagans Pagansky to a one-year 750K average annual value. Cameron Hughes to a two-year deal, 762.5 thousand average annual value. And that's a, also a two-way deal. Um, Ryan Winterton signs his entry-level contract, Kraken's third-round pick from last year. And they also signed Jacob Melanson, signs his entry-level contract, Kraken's fifth-round pick last year. So... We move on to some more signings here. The team has signed draft pick Shane Wright to an entry-level contract. That's a three-year deal. Do we not have more details on his contract? No. Okay. Uh, I didn't see num – I think there actually are numbers on that. But, yeah. I mean, he was a number four overall pick, so it's got to be a few millions. Right. Uh, this was really interesting because this was on the uh, third day of dev camp that they had. I was at that. Um, and they had him sign it on the ice. Like, they had a scrimmage really? with all the young players. And then general manager Ron Francis came out in the ice and said, he's going to sign his contract right in front of you. Mm -hmm. And apparently he didn't know that. And he was like, oh, oh. <laughs> so we're just signing it. So, I mean, that's cool to see. Uh, Wright's a guy, again, that was predicted to be the number one overall pick. He slipped to us at four. Um, he's a guy that's been looked at as a, a leader, you know, and I know that him and Matty Beneers, your pick from last year, who scored nine points in 10 games, have already been hitting it up. And yeah, been good friends. So you'll more than likely see right with the Firebirds, I imagine, uh, to begin the year. But I, you know, uh, Francis was talking about him too. You might see him at some point with the Kraken at some point at the NHL level. So um, I might be able to get number details for you on that. But I know that that's uh, with with the entry level deals, right? Like I think they burned the first year of Veneers' deal by calling him up at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. They only played him in 10 games, right? So you burn one year, technically, right? Um, but they wanted to get him out there, see how he could do against any NHL talent, and you weren't going to make playoffs anyway, so it doesn't matter, yeah. Um, so what Francis essentially said is they want to get as much burn from these guys as they can and let them get that get out there and just play, and they're not afraid to let them do that, even if they're younger guys. So, hey, I you're just starting out as a franchise, go ahead, let yeah. them do it. The team has also signed John Hayden to a one-year two-way deal for 750k average annual value. And you mentioned DevCamp. Is there anything else that you noticed in your time there? Um, no, not necessarily. Well, I would say that another draft pick from this year, Ty Nelson, uh, a defenseman. He, you know, when I was watching scrimmage, he was a guy whose name kept popping up. He's like Ty Nelson scores, 
or Ty Nelson's around the puck. Ty Nelson yeah. makes a good play. So I'm excited to see him and what he does because obviously the attention is going to be on Shane Wright, mainly, right? I didn't mean to do the double right there. <laughs> but Ty Nelson's a guy that I would keep an eye on. Um, no, it's interesting because most of the Firebirds coaching staff was up here for Dev Camp. So it's kind of cool to see them up there and they got a warm welcome. Um, and just to know that Coachella will be up here. So, you know, I don't know how much hockey Bell does, but we might have to see, you know, have you out there for that because I know they're going to be, this is going to be home base for them while their home in California is being finished. Okay. Up. So they're going to be here till I think December. So we got oh, some time for yeah. some hockey to, to work in there. But um, no, it's exciting. It's the first time they've ever done it. And I think it's another great way for fans to get involved with it. So it was a lot of fun. I know a lot of them talked about how cool it was to see all the fans come out for just a, essentially like a rookie mini camp is essentially what it was. Yeah. So that was really cool to see. Um, but I mean, Hey, at the end of the day, you're watching guys that are going to be part of the future of this franchise. So, you know, I guess if you look at it long-term, it's, it's pretty cool, a uh, pretty cool little event to go out to. And it was four days of it, right? So yes. if you can't catch one of the days, there are three other options. Um, that's about it for our Kraken. So we'll move on to our OL Reno. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, this one, just like with the Sounders loss, I'm not necessarily too worried about this one. The team <laughs> traveled out to Kansas City to play the Kansas City Current. Yes, they're named after a body of water. Uh, the Green had beat them at home earlier in the season, I believe, for the Reigns' first regular season win. Uh, this game on the 17th of July was a one to nothing loss. No player of the game there, as you, as you know. We, get we shut don't. Out. Yes. No players of the game. Sad face. Uh, this one's tough. Because, you know, outside of the, the two things showed up for me mainly in this match. One, I've talked to you about it before, right, with the rain putting plenty of opportunities on target, just being dangerous but not being able to put the final mm -hmm, ball away. Mm -hmm. Same case this game. Some balls hit the post. Kansas City's keeper, 80 French, is a great keeper. So, obviously, that doesn't help you right. in that regard. And then the Kansas City goal that even gave them the win necessarily – was given up by a poor a poor decision by one of our back line. Um, it was essentially like a shoulder check, and you can't you can't do that. So overall, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world because you still got a you've got what eight players off on international break. Mm -hmm. Players like Alana Cook, like Sophia Huerta, would that would be there and more than likely would not succeed a penalty like mm -hmm. that. Rose Lavelle, Jordan Hytema still got to join this team. Uh, mm -hmm. Megan Rapino, obviously, you know, yeah. so. There's a ton of people. Uh, Quinn defensively was a big help. <clears throat> I'm getting dry and talking so much. Um, but you know, with with all the circumstances, right? It it could have been worse. And it's it's because you've got a seven day break now. They've got no game until the 30th of July. So it's not like we have a game to look at for you looking ahead, right? So you've got a little bit of a break. And with how much the team's been playing, I think a break break should be good. And uh, pretty soon here, you'll get your international players back. So I think it, things are getting better for the rain. And again, just like with the Sounders, their season lasts, I think, for a regular season until the beginning of October. It's a long season, you know. So I think the only thing I would be mad about in this regard, considering the time frame, is Kim Little's transfer. Because she's mm -hmm. supposed to go mm -hmm. back in like early to mid-August. And we don't know if they were able to get that extended or not. So... We'll see about that. Um, that's the only thing I would say necessarily negative about that. But again, got to work on that final ball and just defensively uh, a mistake that the current capitalized on. So 
got to work on that. But with that being said, that's all we've got for rain-related news. Uh, the injury report for that game was totally clear, except for the international mm-hmm. players. No team-related news. And league-related news on the 14th, NWSL Commissioner Jessica Berman announced that when looking, excuse me, uh, when looking to add the next and what I believe it's uh, 14th team to the NWSL, that they will be looking uh, in regards to reproductive rights uh, to consider where that league will place a new team. They've already got Utah. The Royals are already coming back. So that's that decision. But obviously you'd have to think a place like Texas is going to be ruled out of that. Yeah. What do you think? So that's something to consider. But obviously it's nice to see that the league is considering that and even making that a conversation. So um, I think expansion is not until two years from now, but obviously that'll factor into who even gets to talk about that sort of thing. So we'll keep an eye on that and where that takes place. But with that being said, the rain set at a four win, uh, three loss, five draw record. There's six in the NWSL now with that loss because they didn't get any points. No game until the 30th of July, so I don't have an upcoming for you. Um, with that being said, no Seawolves news. Ooh, I lied to you. Uh, mm-hmm. Tavetti Lopetti actually was was honored. Let me let me get this right. I'm so sorry. I deeply apologize. Ooh, and the Friday Mariners game is officially a sellout, actually. So there, I've got oh, two pieces wow. of news for you. So that's a big deal. That's exciting. But, wow, that's a big one. <laughs> I am so sorry. Tavetti Lopetti was actually named the MLR Rookie of the Year. Oh. Uh, big deal. for 2022 so i apologize for that being in chicago kind of threw me off i i could lie and say i stole a piece of wrigley field but i bought a piece of wrigley field so that's that's on me we're working on a lot of things here for you uh but rookie of the year so we're going back to the seawolves just to bri- briefly touch on that right? yeah you know again both of our knowledges of rugby is growing but to go like one and four in the COVID year and that season gets canceled after five games Go four and twelve in two thousand in, in two thousand twenty one, and then now in two thousand twenty two, you obviously circumstances were involved, but to make it to the MLR final and play a good New York team, and then have a guy like Lopetti on the team, record Hatting will still be around. It's just, I think it's a nice, a nice, nice sign for the yeah. Seawolves going forward. Good you know? things to look ahead to. So I apologize for that, Tavetti. Seawolves family, I am sorry. That is on me. Won't happen again. Uh, with that being said, we go over to Star of the Week, and I feel like this is a repeat. It definitely is. But I mean, is there, do we, how is there can a team we not? Right now? Yeah. No, there is not. Like literally 14 game win streak. <laughs> um, so Charles and I agreed once again that our Stars of the Week were the Mariners as a whole team. So it's kind of weird to say Star of the Week, but. Um, stars, yeah, plural stars of the week, just because of how consistent and great they're playing as a team. And I don't, I mean, it's a lot of fun, yeah. I mean, you said it, you texted me about it. This is a lot of fun to be a part of. You were trying to get tickets to that game on Friday, but I, I was, so I was, out. I had not gotten tickets but yet. But I think that with the way that things are going, with the way that this group is bonding, you talked about what Julio was saying with this group being hungry. He said that a big part of this team going forward and being doing so well was that they are growing together and getting closer. That can only mean good things for the organization going forward. And I mean, you know, it's to see guys like Cal Raleigh grow, to see Adam Frazier find his form once again. You're going to get Kyle Lewis and Mitch Hanager back eventually, you know. Um, 
And they just look like they're out there having fun. I mean, we'll go back to the photo. I mean, there's the dancing. <laughs> I will play you the celebration video we have, but I don't want to get copyright straight for this, the music. Yeah. <laughs> uh, go follow our, us on Twitter uh, at Circling Sports. We've been a lot more active in posting like memes and stuff. So uh, I apologize. We're having them. fun just like we're yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a fun group to watch. It's not just Julio at this point who's, who's the great part to watch. The rest of the team's gotten into it. And it's it's incredible to be a part of, and you hope that this ends a certain drought. But with that being said, that is our week in Seattle sports. We had the Kraken had a busy week. The Mariners had a busy week. The Storm continued to roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Seawolves had a rookie of the year on the team. The Sounders and the Rain had some tough losses to deal with. Uh, the Seahawks are relatively quiet. Uh, with that being said, uh, until we see you next week uh, for the next episode of Swimming Seattle Sports on Converge Media. Uh, I want to thank Curtis again for being here, uh, for doing what he does behind the cameras. Matt's here too. Matt working not only in photography, but doing some other stuff for us. So Matt, thank you for what you do. Uh, and our buddy, we won't be thanking him no more. I mean, we have a lot to thank him for still, Yes, but uh, yes, you're right. Moving forward. Our buddy Salman is not going to be behind the cameras anymore. Um, for some reasons, I believe that Converge already had him on the day mm-hmm. with Trey mm-hmm. earlier today uh, and sort of looked back on that time. I mean, Salman's been here since as long as I've been here and obviously longer and just been a great guy to be around, be with. You know, I'll, I'll say what I talked about Matt. Those two have uh, chatting talk it hours. up for hours. Uh, <laughs> so, no, it's, it's great to see who we can work with, you know, with certainly sales sports, especially with the Converge family. But um, it will suck to not have you know, someone behind the cameras, but knowing that we have people who are capable, more than capable, um, softens the blow, but excited to see what someone does in this next chapter. Yeah. So uh, a big tip of the cap to someone, a thank you for that. And then again, until we see you next week, take care of yourself and do whatever you can to make today a great day. produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.